What is going on, everybody? Hopefully you guys are doing well out there. Those of you that have been subscribed to this feed for any length of time know that we just quite frankly have not uploaded a lot of audio and podcast to our feed. Now, if you've been following the channel, you have been looking at Sports Card Radio's YouTube, and I encourage everybody listening to this right now, go to YouTube and search for Sports Card Radio, subscribe to our channel. That is where you are going to find the latest and greatest and most complete uploads and information that we are producing right now at Sports Card Radio. This podcast feed will still exist. I will still pay the monthly fee. And what we will do is upload some YouTube videos, usually a week after they've been published over at YouTube. So some of you can enjoy this in your car, on your favorite podcast app, and those types of things. So I hope you enjoy this content. Those of you that follow the Sports Card Radio YouTube channel will have probably already seen this. So again, this is simply a upload and a re-upload of content, some of the content that we're posting over at Sports Card Radio's YouTube page. But a lot of scams, a lot of shadiness happening in this hobby, so expect a fair amount of uploads both on YouTube, but also this feed as well. And the last thing I want to do is say Sports Card Radio is now in its 14th year, the longest running sports card show podcast in the world. We'll continue to provide you as much information as we possibly can here on the channel. I want to thank all of you for your support over the years, and hopefully we're around for another 14 years. Here's today's show. It's Ryan and I talking about fanatics and GTS parting ways and all of a sudden how this is going to change the landscape when it comes to buying and selling unopened wax from a wholesale perspective. This impacts card shops, this impacts group breakers, and it impacts the hobby to a greater degree, especially when we're talking about new product. Hopefully you guys enjoy. Again, this is a re-upload of what we've posted on YouTube, and I encourage you to head on over to our YouTube channel where you'll find lots more content over there. Hopefully you guys have a wonderful day. Enjoy today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Sports Card Radio. I am here with Colin. Guys, I am absolutely wasted on everything legal and somewhat illegal out here in California. I've been drinking, smoking, doing Lord knows what. So hopefully, Colin, you might carry this episode because I might be flat on my face uh, by the end of this one. But before I throw this to you, Colin, the main topic of this episode, besides me being wasted, is we learned this week from Bench Clear Media, YouTube channel, check it out, that GTS Distribution, that's right, the largest distributor of sports cards in the United States, as far as I'm concerned, will, lo- will no longer distribute tops cards starting in 2023. GTS sells to thousands of breakers, hobby shops all across the country, uh, frankly, all across the world. I dug around this week and found that only currently about 275 shops can buy directly from tops. And of course, the nature of that relationship will probably change as this relationship with GTS changed. So GTS, while a lot of the people out here watching the common collector, kind of the end consumer, maybe probably has obviously never purchased from GTS and maybe have never even heard from them. But gosh, they are literally a lot of this product, especially Tops and Panini, goes through the hands of GTS. They've hired a lot of the old people that used to work at Tops. I mean, one of their main guys is David Real. I mean, he used to work at Tops. So things are happening in the sports card world. Some of these things that were predicted when Fanatics took over and kind of tried to cons- or is attempting to consolidate the sports card world in the last year, some of these predictions are coming to fruition. Colin, before I get to you, I want to read a statement. Again, BenchClear Media broke this news that GTS will no longer be distributing Topps cards starting in 2023. A couple uh, websites, I think Sports Collectors Digest and Sports Collectors Daily, were able to obtain a statement from Topps and GTS. I want to read those now before I kick it to you and get your thoughts. Topps slash Fanatic says, over the past 12 months, Tops has prioritized working directly with hobby shops and a broad array of customers to ensure to ensure they have a better access to the latest and best promotions. And I want to highlight that. Tops is saying they want to ensure that they have better access to the latest and best promotions. 
they go on to say some other bull crap, but doesn't mean much. But GTS says they confirm that Tops will no longer provide future allocations to GTS, but they will fulfill all existing orders. And usually those orders with wholesalers, somebody like GTS runs about six months out. I put on here 2023 series one. This is about the time when we're going to probably see a card design for 2023 series one, or when you usually would, and you'd start soliciting for it. So we have this change in the distribution world. Colin, huge news in the sports card world, largest distributor KO'd. What do you think of the news about GTS and Tops? Well, I don't, first of all, not unexpected. Okay. Right. When this news broke, I think one of the, my first tweets was basically RIP to half of the industry, including the distributors uh, more specifically, because they seem to offer the least amount of value. Okay. We can, you know, make fun of breakers all we want. We can make fun of a Dave and Adams or something like that. They do add some value. Okay. Some more than others. But there is some value to having a guy that wants to sit there on a stream, get a community, put up spots, pick, pack, and ship this stuff. That's a pretty big job. Okay, what does a distributor do? They're basically just right there in the middle. It's kind of an older business model when business communications weren't where they are here in the 21st century. So, I, you know, personally, I think that this is exactly what was going to happen. But I think people in this industry aren't used to people doing exactly what they say they're going to do. Sometimes it's, oh, we might do this. Oh, we're thinking about this. When Fanatics took over, they raised money at an $11 billion valuation. And that did not include giving money out to a distributor, which adds a very little value. And as Fanatic says, they're going to work closer and more directly to people. Because like you said, there was only a couple of hundred shops that even today, when I was at that Tops conference back in February, there's only a couple of hundred shops that are buying directly to from Tops. And to me, that seemed a little odd. And then when I talked to Josh Louver, the first thing I said was like, dude, this thing should be way bigger. Okay. Like we're about to go to two different conferences over the next two months that is going to make the Tops conference look like an afternoon new, you know, gathering with some of your friends in your neighborhood, like it was not big enough and they need to open it wide open. And the number one way to get that in-house is by cutting out the GTS. I'm sure Southern Hobby, if they have not been cut off already, will get cut off at some point. And uh, that's just the direction that Fanatics not only telegraphed the way they were going to go, but that they actually need to go considering the price that they paid for this company. And uh, th just the direction that most industries, when you're looking at even like a, a Tesla, okay, Tesla's selling now directly to the consumer, okay? They're not going through a dealership model. And that's basically what kind of the sports card distributor model was. It was, you know, manufacturer, distributor, or used car salesman, as sometimes we describe some of these guys. So I think, look, this is really, really bad news. If you had a very big account over at GTS, I think to me, that would be the person that I would be sitting here the most nervous because can you replace that account and get all of that product from Fanatics? If I had a smaller account or I had just started in this business, this might be music to my ears because it might start leveling the playing field. Instead of four or five breakers getting all the product, two or three Dave and Adams and blowouts getting most of the product, well, now we could start maybe spreading it out. Maybe there'll be more opportunities for people instead of less. What would you say? You mentioned that, you know, hey, the person who's relying on GTS, and, you know, it's GTS for now, but I imagine uh, the other distributors, Southern Hobby, Peach State, there's others uh, as well that they're either gonna get cut off or severely limited. What would you do to the person who, there's only, to my knowledge, there's only around 275 shops and breakers who can buy directly from tops currently, or certainly as of 2020 or whenever I had the slide. And, and you saw from the tops conference, there's about 200, people. you know, there's not very yeah. many people. And not, not all those people can buy direct. Not all those right. people can buy direct. What, so a lot of people, people watching, group breakers, new shop owners, maybe even older shop owners who've just never developed that relationship. What should they do? They've heard this thing that GTS is getting cut off. 
I'm sure GTS is probably not saying a whole lot about this or, hey, what's your next move? What do you, what, if you're a hobby shop or a breaker and you just got this news and your number way to get, number one way to get cards is through GTS, you don't have a direct account, you don't, you're not DMing Luber, Ruben, you know, you're not in that kind of circle. What should you do? What advice would you give to them? Uh, I, I would pivot. I, I mean, honestly, I would, uh, first of all, that relationship with GTS is, you know, maybe it can get you magic, the gathering, maybe it already is. Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, obviously all the board games and other products that, that they sell. We talk about GTS. My guess is trading cards, yes, from a sales figure, sales dollar figure, probably a pretty big number for that company. And this is certainly not going to be a positive impact on GTS, but this is a company with hundreds, thousands of SKUs, okay? And so there's other things to sell. Uh, obviously, sports card supplies, uh, all of this stuff have different kinds of margins. You might not be able to sell it as easy. The reason why the trading cards was such a boondoggle is you could get this stuff. At, certainly when we look back a year or two when this stuff was even hotter, you were getting some of this stuff for like 60, 70, 80% off retail and uh, just being able to do a really quick flip, maybe to another dealer, maybe you sell it on eBay, maybe you do breaks, but you're able to easily flip this stuff. Okay, you're not gonna be able to easily do that with 260.1 uh, touches. You're not gonna be uh, easily doing that with like a board game or some other skew that they have. So it's gonna require a lot of work, but look, in any kind of business, especially in the economic environment that we are in now, look, the easy money was made from March of 2020 up until probably the beginning of this year. Now it's all about how hard you're willing to work. What, you know, what value are you adding in your industry? Are you being innovative? Are you really, really actually quote unquote hustling? Like a lot of these guys claim they do. Well, those are the people and businesses that will survive and thrive over the next a year or two. If you're not willing to put in the work and maybe you know, work on Amazon, list some more stuff on eBay that you're not really used to selling or comfortable selling in the past because the easy money was just coming in the door from Panini allocation and tops. Well, if that all goes away, well, then that's a large amount of revenue that you need to recoup at some point. And my guess in today's economy, there's not going to be this easy pivot to where oh, I was making 10,000 a month selling tops. I'm just going to pivot over to this. No, it's actually going to take a lot of work. And I would buckle down and ask myself, do I want to do that work? Do I want to still be self-employed? Do I still want to be a business owner? Do I still want to be in this business? Or do I want to take my talents and, and go somewhere else? Those are discussions of businesses across this hobby, but quite frankly, across the United States and the world are having with themselves uh, in today's times. We've heard rumors flying from lots of very reliable sources. Uh, people have said this publicly on podcasts, on YouTube shows, that Fanatics is interested in buying Panini. I've heard some people say that it's close, that you know it might have even, you know, so close that the national getting announced that the national was a possibility. Isn't Fanatics purchasing Panini? the worst thing that could happen right now to some of these shops and group breakers because Panini is still the good old boy network, the old world. They haven't cut off GTS yet. They haven't cut off Peach State and Southern Hobby. You can still get your allocations if you're part of this good old boy network. Isn't Fanatics buying Panini, like if that got announced tomorrow, wouldn't that be like almost the worst thing to happen to some of these breakers? and shops that just got shook with this GTS news? I think all, the only thing it's doing is kind of accelerating the inevitable. If they were to buy them now and close on that deal uh, rather quickly, which like you said, we're seeing a lot of evidence of that. In fact, I got an email the other day from Panini to actually confirm I still want to be a subscriber, which certainly could be something that's sent out by compliance. But to me, it made me think, oh, they're trying to actually get the actual number of active subscribers to their email list so they can put a value on that and then take that to fanatics and say, hey, guys, we have, you know, yeah, we have 75,000 people signed up for our emails and 35 of them just confirmed that they want to keep getting those emails. So I'm seeing little bits. We're seeing the puzzle pieces start to add up over at Panini. But look, if they get bought now or if they get bought in December or if they get bought next year or the thing that could happen is Fanatics is just like, we, we don't want to buy you. 
you know, screw you. That to me might be the absolute worst, okay? Because then you're left with what has happened to the redemptions? What happens to, oh, we've seen breakers inventory, okay? Some of their inventory is, is rather extensive. Do you really want to carry inventory of a brand that is no longer anymore, okay? Like how well will that product sell? So in my opinion, if they were to buy them, say, in the third quarter or the fourth quarter of this year, it's just accelerating what's going to happen anyways. And as a business owner, you should be taking these things, you know, right now, you should be taking the steering wheel in your hand and looking to drive the car in the direction you want to go and not let fanatics choose the timeline or Panini choose a timeline or whatever else, you know, GTS's relationship with you or the manufacturer uh, you know, determine your timeline and on your business, you should be pivoting that now. But uh, look, if they get bought out in Q3, Q4, Q1 next year, just accelerating what's going to happen anyways in this business. I just want to break down again under the current, under, I guess I want to say the old environment, the way a hobby shop or a group breaker would acquire product is they'd either be able to buy directly from, let's call it tops and only 275 or around that Shops and breakers can buy directly from tops. That allocates you one case of baseball products at a very cheap cost. Usually, like, you know, you can usually triple or quad up at least your money on that. One case of each baseball product. So, about 25 to 30 products a year. And then there's some other stuff you got to buy. You got to buy a little bit of soccer and Star Wars and some of the other stuff they, they come out with, but it's not uh, too extensive or, and, and not a lot of money. So if you're not one of these 275 shops that can buy directly from tops, or at least you could in the past, you had to go to the wholesale route. That's where GTS, Southern Hobby, Peach State, you get involved. Now, the way it works with them, it's more about, you know, how much money you spend. If I just call them right now, I don't have a shop. One, it'd be hard for me to get an account without a shop. But let's say I could get an account and get a phone call and start to want to spend some money, it would be hard for me to get product. I mean, I might be able to get some big league or some, maybe some series one. I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty limited what I'm going to be able to get. I'm not going to be able to call and get museum collection or get the very best uh, Topps Chrome or Bowman Chrome or the very best stuff that Topps comes out with. Absolutely impossible. So you have to build up that relationship, spend a lot of money, buy some of the other stuff that you suggest. GTS sells a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, tons of stuff, gaming and supplies and just, you know, piles and piles of stuff beyond tops and, and panini cards. So if you're not one of these 275 shops, you're really reliant on Peach State, Southern Hobby, GTS, because your third option is just going out there like I can on the open market, maybe on DealerNet, which is a $50 a month kind of thing where you can get in touch with dealers and buy some stuff. Or you go hustle at card shows or you call these people yourself and you're just out there hustling in the same way I can. Uh, those are your three options to get products. There's no other magic way. Now, maybe, you know, maybe there are some magic ways. I don't think they're legal, but those are the three kind of legal ways to get sports cards. Buy it direct. There's only 275 people that can do that currently with Tops. And, or you go the, the distributor route. And now that these guys are getting cut off, Colin, you know, put your, put yourself in the shoes of fanatics, I guess now. You've kind of dropped these little bombs on people. You've got about maybe four or five months before you kind of come out with your first fanatics. The 2023 series one baseball is going to be fanatics tops. All this other stuff is old tops. Put yourself in the driver's seat here. You know, what are your thoughts on your ideas? How are you going to get all this product out of here? You know, GTS, you know, we say, you know, they're a middleman. They don't do much. They just have some warehouses. Yeah, you know, they, they got probably thousands of shops and breakers that they work with and field phone calls and a lot of people working there. And we've been to, you know, Southern Hobbies Warehouse. I mean, it's freaking massive. Huge. And they've got multiple ones around the country. Put yourself in the role of fanatics. How are you going to distribute all this product? I mean, 2023 series is one is going to be, you know, cases, one cases and cases. How are we going to get that out to people? What's the pricing going to look like? I mean, we used to give homie hookup if you had a, if you're one of these 275 shops you have a homie hookup price is that right. still going to exist well i think it depends on the product okay so there's we'll just call them two types of products in the marketplace there's the ones like the series ones and the heritage and there's a lot of baseball product quite frankly meant for i think kind of the consumer the $100, $200 box range, somewhere in there. And then there's like that ultra kind of higher end stuff that's really meant for the breaker. 
It's to be meant to be opened by the case. It's meant to be really for the breakers. And Panini actually makes quite a bit of products, I would say, that cater to that market. But Tops makes enough of them. And so I, I think it's going to depend on the product. Quite frankly, I think the popularity of like a Series 1, a Heritage, and those types of a base type, a base heavy type products, I think Tops slash Fanatics will have enough success pre-selling that on their website, going through other distribution channels. I've seen boxes pop up at like a Barnes and Noble recently and people talking about giving foot traffic to a Barnes and Noble, which probably is dying for the foot traffic. There's probably a lot of retailers out there offering like end caps and uh, you know those types of things to have this product there where I don't think you necessarily need the shop. You don't necessarily need, need to rely on that as much. Now, when we're talking about like the high-end stuff, the stuff that only the super turbo card fondling dorks are opening and caring about, that is a whole different market, but we're still only talking about like how many quote unquote big breakers exist. We're talking about not that many. Okay. We're not talking about hundreds here. We're probably talking about a dozen, you know, to where, okay, those guys have the credit line or the cash flow or both to influx in. Uh, my guess is some of these products are, are millions of dollars in terms of like wholesale sales. And so it's like, yeah, you get a group of guys that can all drop about six figures on a couple of cases. Well, now all you got to do is work directly with them and maybe the relationship will be better. I am not sure. I, if I was feeding my family with breaks, I wouldn't necessarily be relying on that. I certainly would be trying to figure out the relationship that I'm going to have, but it makes sense. There are certain products that look, you cannot just put up a $4,000 box on tops.com or fanatics and think it's going to move. That is going to move through the breaking environment and I think if Fanatics learns that, first of all, learns that market, learns that there's only a couple of people that you've got to scratch their back, they'll scratch yours. Look, that could continue, okay? It's not that GTS had some secret sauce or secret algorithm or secret way to get to the, uh, look, most of these breakers, how did they find GTS? They probably went to sportscardradio.com. They probably typed in sports card wholesalers five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 years ago and found, oh, GTS sells cards. I'll call them up. Okay. And so look, so it's not like they had something there that fanatics can't replicate. Okay. There's a lot of people in this, in this hobby that think, oh, making these cards is so hard. Doing this is so hard. No, no, it's not. It's really not that hard. Okay. Like there's a lot of other things that we use in our daily life. Like that's actually hard. That's hard to manufacture. It's hard to make the software. It's hard to get millions of people to use it and use it safely to a certain degree. Okay, it's not hard to ship a million dollars worth of, of product to like 10 breakers that control 80% of the market. I don't know. Somebody that knows the breaking market probably knows, but my guess is you're probably looking at 10 to maybe as many as 20 breakers that control 80% to probably even upwards of 90% of the quote higher end, maybe three, five, $2,000 type boxes. It's controlled by a small group. All you got to do is put a salesperson in charge of them and get them motivated on it, like a no cap commission sales basis to them. And it might be the best thing to happen uh, to these breakers. We'll see. Okay, let's stay with the high end. For a minute and let's jump to the breakers we we saw a facebook post from kind of a smaller group breaker they're kind of owned by uh some athletes and stuff i think some athletes do they're the former athletes are doing breaks and stuff and they said they signed an exclusive with fanatics and we don't know anything more than that if you were a breaker let's start with should should fanatics be signing these breakers to exclusives yes because i i think it's probably too expensive, expensive in air quotes, to think you're gonna do this all in house, that I'm gonna put out an Indeed job offering or something like that. You can fill the back office of a breaker, I think pretty easily, okay? You can find some guy that'll sort cards. You might even find a guy on camera, okay? 
But to find somebody that's going to constantly do that and be the quote unquote face and have some influence and have some relationship and rapport, fanatics thinking that they would be able to do that in-house and hire out and, and, and maybe even have office space to manage all that, I think is foolish into certainly today's environment and certainly where breaking is today, maybe 10 years ago, maybe not. But considering how long breaking has been around and how you know much product runs through that, uh, I would develop relationships with uh, certain breakers and it would be a pretty wide net. I, I don't think I would try to make it exclusive because then what you do is you back yourself into the corner because all of these breakers are going to make some kind of mistake. And the minute, and especially the heat is going to be on the people that signed exclusive deals People are going to be watching them even more closely. And the minute they make a mistake or ship base cards that get bent or or there's some kind of mistake that inevitably happens, well, there'll be a lot of attention on them. And so I think fanatics would be wise to be wise to create their relationships, um, you know, in a judicious manner, but spread a pretty wide net. Work with some of the breakers that are only doing a, a case a week, two cases a week. Um, because they certainly could scale up, but there's also a, a market and an audience for that as well. So I would cast a pretty wide net. I'd want to have some kind of control. I'd want to have maybe a list of, you know, best practices if you're going to be authorized by Fanatics, and maybe they provide some kind of support from a, maybe an IT perspective, maybe from a shipping perspective. I think if I was Fanatics, Instead of the money running through Shopify and all that customer data running through some kind of Shopify, I would require them to run it through, and I don't know if Fanatics has this capability, but run it through their CMS. They collect the emails. They can retarget and remarket all the clients that come in. Uh, that, to me, would be attractive as Fanatics. I don't know if they want to go that deep, but to be certainly something that uh, I could see them doing, certainly. Okay, so you want, or you see fanatics being a good idea to sell to breakers. What about, you know, I got a David Adams, DA Cardwell shirt on, and you want to talk about guys who have homie hookups. Uh, David Adams, Blowout Cards, Steel City. I think uh, they're not wholesale distributors, almost like sub distributors. They probably have a good relationship with GTS and these other distributors. They certainly have a really good personal relationship with these card companies. I can go, I think the statute of limitations is up on this one. So I'll, I'll tell you a little David and Adams card story. So back in 2001, Michael Vick is the absolute hottest quarterback. I mean, you, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, I mean, whatever you wanted to call it, Michael Vick was that guy in 2001. So upper deck, I don't know if they had the exclusive or uh, I don't think they had the exclusive on Vick. No, cause he has top stuff, but upper decks, the, the, the top dog in 2001. So they come out with a product. And I don't want to say the product because I don't want to really, really expensive product. And Michael Vick has like 200 autographs in this, in this product. Those autographs never made it into the product, all 200 of them. And so all 200 cards autographed by Michael Vick came in a box and ended up at DA Card World. And then he sent them over to Probstein. And then they knew they couldn't just like, fire them off all at one time or whatever. So they've, they like trickled them on for like several years so that nobody caught on that these cards never made it into the product. So I, you know, I loved a couple months ago when they were talking about the triple logo man, LeBron and Drake was trying to hit it and all this stuff. And there was all this stuff. And I was trying to, I was thinking to myself like, are you guys sure an employee just didn't steal that card or that's even in the, I love how you guys just trust that these things are in the yeah. product. So there's an example, not one card, not one Michael Vick wasn't in the product. His entire autograph run wasn't in the product they were, and they ended up with DA Cardwell. So there's an example, but my little side tangent there, uh, if I'm not wasted enough, you can tell there, but should, okay, selling to breakers, but should they sell to people like, okay, they're not gonna sell to GTS. Should they sell to Dave and Adams and blow out cards? Are they gonna get product? Well, I'm not, I'm not, if I'm fanatics, I'm not selling them stuff at like a triple up margin that they'll make five, 10%, maybe as high as 20% on a good product. But what I am charging them is far more than what they're used to paying and getting just the complete homie hookup, getting a prism at cost, getting all this stuff at cost. 
when it you know tripled in value just on the retail side. Uh, no, if I'm Fanatics, I'm still selling to them, but it's a far more lucrative relationship for Fanatics because they are charging far closer to a retail price. And I think that's ultimately what we'll see out of this is that we'll see the Dave and Adams still will have stuff. The blowouts will still have stuff. The breakers will all have stuff, but it's going to be stuff at, that they bought at a much, much closer price to retail that you and I are going to be paying on fanatics.com, tops.com, 582 club, whatever it might be. We're going to be paying much, much closer to retail. The, the idea that there's this wholesale cost and it's 40, 50 off of whatever the retail is, those days are gone, okay? Not just in trading cards, across a ton of industry that I look at, 40, 50 margins are just straight gone, unless it's like illegal or it, you know perfume or something like that. There are very few businesses, especially in the collectibles business, where you have those type of margins. I think we're going back to like single digit, maybe as high as, 10, occasionally 20% margins. That's probably before fees, before taxes, before all of that type of stuff. So at the end of the day, you're going back to single digit margins over at Dave and Adams on, on sports products, I think. Aren't some of these shops and breakers going to go out of business? Like what aren't actually probably a large percent of them and maybe even some bigger ones going to go out of business. And it, I mean, in any environment, Certainly in the environment that we saw ourselves in towards the 2019 into 2020, post-pandemic, post-PPP loans and all that, it was hard to go out of business. I mean, you had to do like a Mark's cards where you, you know, you were just giving every employee, a, a, you know, high five-figure salary and you were just dusting the money off. You, even the card shops that opened during that era are probably still at least scratching by to a certain degree. But look, any business, that was like the height of that business cycle. The business cycle is going to come down. It doesn't matter what industry that you're looking at. We're just going to have kind of a, a chopping off of the top or kind of a weeding out of the businesses that just quite frankly weren't going to make it uh, no matter what. And so I think, yeah, we're going to have a lot of closures. You're going to have a lot of people that were used to the old way and are just not used to grinding. Look, once you start eating steak every night, it's going to be really hard to go back to the grind, okay? And that's where a lot of these breakers are probably going to be. They're used to just the homie hookup. The, the, you know, the 15 cases whap on the door and they got 90 days to pay for it. They didn't have to pay for that stuff. They would get it put on their door for free. And then they'd have 90 days to generate cash flow, which they get all in the first 48 hours. And so it was a great business. All of that thing is going to dry up. And so your cash flows are going to dry up. And it's so it's going to be the businesses that are really going to be work to drive cash flow and to maintain it. And the ones that do develop maybe a little bit of relationship gives them a little bit of better edge, but the ones with the closest relationships to their customers, because there's still going to be plenty of customers on the other end, they're just not going to be able to play an inflated price. So these guys are going to have to work for slimmer margins. And so the ones that are have the best operating, the best cash flows, those are going to be the ones that survive. My guess, it's going to be the more intelligent ones. And we're going to see a lot of the, uh, you know, maybe the older school guys that aren't really up to the new grind, um, but also a lot of the younger guys that thought they had figured out the grind uh, where they were simply just still in kindergarten from a business perspective. They're going to get slapped down and probably on Indeed or LinkedIn looking for a job here. Uh, my guess is probably before the end of the year. Maybe maybe fanatics will hire them. I don't know. You know, they're probably going to need well, a lot of things going on there. So that's, you know, this is all very interesting. I want to, you know, we're talking about the high end and the breakers and they're opening this expensive stuff. But Tops is kind of known for this, these cheaper products, series one, series two, update, even, you know, Tops Chrome and Bowman Chrome before all these people came in was a cheaper box, like 56 wholesale out the door on some of that stuff. So some of that stuff never even got that expensive for a little while. But we, we saw recently that Lids, who's a, partner with fanatics is going to be selling sports cards my understanding it's going to be cheaper stuff i don't think you're going to see a box a 400 box a museum collection there you're not going to find that there it's going to be series one series two update team sets little team uh uh complete sets things like that the cheaper stuff is going to be at lids you mentioned barnes and noble i think there was a rumor floating out of the national they do it with kind of a tops q a each year and this year i think they said you know fanatics was open to the idea of opening their own stores perhaps 
big market like Los Angeles or New York and so on and so forth. So this cheaper stuff is, looks like it's going to have a, a wider net for you to be able to buy this stuff. And with the partnership with the league and the players, it's possible that within the stadium, you're going to be able to buy sports cards. I mean, I go to a lot of San Francisco Giants games. Yeah, you can probably find a really expensive pack of Series 1 or Series 2 there, but where exactly is that going to be? It's possible that Fanatics will have a much bigger presence and kind of, uh, they. I mean, first of all, they probably run a lot of the team stores within the uh, with the, within a lot of these stadiums on the apparel side. So bringing in the, some sports cards or creating an in-cap or whatever it is, they can fit a lot of sports cards or, you know, some blasters or some boxes on a, on a wall display. I think there's a lot of opportunities there within the stadium uh, way there. I think there's, and then go direct to consumer. I mean, I don't know what, Series 1 this year featured Wander, the Wander Franco rookie cards. And those boxes, I think, did shoot up quite a bit in price. Yeah. I don't know what they're selling for now. I have a feeling that if fanatics price these things affordably and at a reasonable margin, these things would burn off their website to individual and consumers who might have jumped into a break or might have not bought anything at all because it was so expensive right. and these boxes jumped so high at release because distributors kind of hoarded it. Breakers were in control of this stuff. I mean, I keep going back to the top quote to ensure they have better access to the latest and best promotions. To me, that means that fanatics came in, looked at what was going on and was like, Hey, this is like a good old boy network. The customers, there's you know tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of sports card fans and buyers in the United States, and they weren't having the best access to these products because yeah, it was right. all controlled by GTS, Southern Hobby, Peach State, Blowout, DA. And that's it. And some breakers who could get allocation, but honestly, the breaker allocation is nothing compared to you know the shirt I'm wearing and the, and the distributors. They can control all of this. They could hold this stuff back. They could decide the price. Right. They could decide the price. So I think Fanatics isn't going to pass all the savings off to the consumer. But I think with some of these cheaper products, you're going to be able to get a Series 1 box for, say, less than $100, I think. I, and, and that's think not always the case. To, you're going to be able to get it almost all year. That was also something they specifically talked about was the fact that you were right. There are customers out there. A lot of them probably are tuning into this video and watching this and they're frustrated that series one comes out and they've got to log into some hacked website or they've, you know, think about there's the casual guy that, you know, he doesn't know Dave Adams from Adam and Dave. And so he doesn't know if it's trustworthy or not. Sometimes he can't even get on Amazon. He sure as heck ain't going to go up to OG and buy into a spot on Platinum Breaks and watch his cards get sleight of hand off the screen or our boys' backyard breaks where they take it off the camera. I mean, you know, I mean, we're talking about the nerdiest of nerdiest card fondlers are into breaking and trust Dave and Adams more than they probably trust their own parents. So look, there's so many people out there. Baseball season rolls around. Their kids get interested in cards. They just want to buy them a couple of packs and they go through that process and they realize how hard it is to find some of this stuff. And, and they just want a series one pack or they want to, you know, some kind of pack, some kind of team set. And like you said, that stuff would get hoarded. I mean, imagine trying to get Tampa Bay Rays team set before, you know, the shine on Wander Franco rubbed off. So, you know, yes, you're going to have your kind of collector, you know, rush into it, but it should be like a video game. Okay. Yeah. Maybe the first night you might have had to pre-order it. You might have had to wait in line back in the day, or you had to have the premium Angel subscription price. on PlayStation yeah. to download it or whatever. But after that, I could go get that video game. Okay. I didn't have to like, you know, it wasn't like a Ferrari or something where I had to, you know, really finagle my way into the top one. So no, I, I think that that's absolutely on the, the blueprint is that, look, the mom, the dad, the grandpa, the grandma that wants to buy a pack, 
They're going to be able to buy that pack at all times. It's not going to be triple over retail. If there happens to be a rookie in there, that's what they want. And they obviously fill in the gaps with more quote unquote collectible stuff or stuff that, that just costs more. What about a subscription service? Uh, Tops has the 582 Montgomery Club, which is a, uh, yeah, it's a, a boondoggle. If, if, you know, if you're in it, I think it, I think it used to, originally it was 200 bucks and it got you access to some of these exclusive products that again, kind of was like a homie hookup, went up three or four X in value. Is that something you could see fanatics either continuing or maybe expanding that maybe this access to Tops products, we got rid of the distributor, I think some shops and breakers are going to go out of business. So maybe getting access to this is, hey, they take, uh, you know, PSA has the collector club that's $9.90 or $99 a year, whatever it is. Maybe to access Fanatics product, it's $99 a year. Maybe there's tiers 99, 200, 500, 1,000, whatever. It is. I think that's a great idea. Could you see a scenario like that? I think a that's subscription the model. Service. That is the model we're seeing across a lot of forms of Wall Street to where it's like, we have this freemium model and then we go to some kind of subscription model. We have both. Um, certainly you look at something like Amazon Prime where it's, and, and Costco membership too. Those two examples I think are, are some of the best out there to where, okay, you have Amazon Prime, it entitles you to a certain amount of thing. Costco membership basically entitles you to buy product at Costco for a, a single digit margin. And I would love to see that from Fanatics where they go right to the consumer. And look, the breaker would be on there. Look, everybody and their brother would be on there. But to me, if I'm Fanatics and I have 10,000, 15, 25,000 people paying me, you know, 100, 200, $300 a year, boy, that's wonderful cash flow to just have dumped onto the company and, and be able to deliver that. I mean, that's what Amazon lives off of right now. Apple's revenue is, is relying more and more on that subscription base. So I'm sure, you know, Michael Rubin is rubbing elbows with the CEOs that have even more money than he does. And that's the model that they're starting to trend to. And so I would actually really like that. I don't know if that's something that they'll do. I think at the TOPS conference, they, you know, reiterated their support for 582 and the fact that they want to continue to do it and expand it. And so there's certainly a willingness there. And I think the company recognized from a cash flow perspective, when X amount of memberships renews every year for $200, boom. Yes, you have now a liability to deliver something over the next 12 months, but boy, that's a lovely amount of cash flow dumped onto you all at once. And so I think Fanatics probably recognizes the value in something like that. And I hope that's the direction that they go. And so those of you that are watching this, in the past, you know, distribution was tied up by GTSs, the Dave and Adams, the blowouts, and then kind of trickle down to the breaker, and then they would trickle it out to you. Well, hopefully, Fanatics turns it to where you and I, can, even if we have to pay $100, $200, $300 a year, we get access. We might not get a whole case, but maybe we get access to boxes every once in a while or every single one. That would be absolutely wonderful. I would put in my credit card and just rebill it and have them send me a box of everything that came out. I think that would be fantastic. So just to, re to reiterate for everyone, shops and breakers, they have three options if they want to buy sports cards to sell to you. Buy direct from Tops and or Fanatics and or Panini. Only 275 shops and breakers can buy directly from Tops and Fanatics. And I'm sure that relationship will change soon. You either buy from a distributor, GTS, Peach State, Southern Hobby are the three biggest ones. Well, we've seen here in the last week, according to BenchClear Media, and well, <laughs> confirmed by GTS, that GTS will no longer be fulfilling Tops products starting in 2023. So we are seeing massive disruption in the way your favorite breakers, your favorite shop owners are able to obtain product. Bye-bye. <laughs> I, this is something, you know, we, I don't want to get too ahead of our skis. We've been, we've been talking about how a lot of these guys are going to go broke for many, many years. And we had to live through a freaking historic card boom where all these guys, some of these guys got, you know, uh, in air quotes, rich, but we will see. They've had to scale up their business. They've had to hire a lot of people. They have to spend a lot of money. A lot of people spent thousands of dollars last week in Atlantic City. I think we're going to, again, I don't want to get too far. I've been drinking and smoking and doing a lot of other things today. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. I think we're going to be talking about 
not only just some small breakers. I think we'd be talking about some big people that could be going out of business or certainly pivoting so hard that you're like, remember when that person sold sports? Remember when David Adams sold sports cards? Now they only sell Pokemon and magic. So I think that, you know, there could be some massive, massive disruption. We're seeing it right now. We still got a few more months to go before this all kicks in, but this is something that people are predicting that we in a way of predicting, we're not the only ones that are predicting for about a year. Colin, do you have anything else to say on this topic of, you know, this massive change in distribution in the sports card world? Well, none of it surprises me. In fact, we did a show, I mean, this was going back years ago. I think it was either at a national or it was at a, one of these Las Vegas industry summit. I mean, we're talking about well before all of, you know, a lot of these guys have just got trickled into the hobby over the last couple of years. But we, we said back then, like, you guys got to squeeze these distributors out. Like, how are they in the middle of these transactions when there's like literally 200 of 200 shops that want to buy direct from tops? Like, how can you not pay somebody $65,000 a year to manage 200 accounts? I mean, come on. Uh, so finally, we're seeing some of this. We're seeing some actual big boys get into this business. And uh, that's going to, you know, mean some some disruption. And, uh, you know, look, it's it's going to happen. Anybody that's sitting around thinking that, oh, it'll get better. I'll get I'll get 10 cases of of, uh, you know, tops, whatever at 50 off. And, and that'll be, you know, two months rent for me. That's not going to happen anymore. I'll probably get as much product as they, as they will. OK, so it's over. Uh, the margins are going down. They, they, they just it's not the, the fanatics cannot raise money at an $11 billion valuation at the height of the market last year, and then watch the market, not only the equity markets and the bond markets and the crypto markets, all of them have tanked since last year and, and certainly January. And now the, the sports card market is tanked, okay? They can't turn to their investors and be like, oh yeah, we're gonna keep GTS in the mix and, and give them 30 points of margin on every product just to contact 200 people. There's no way that's going to happen. Doesn't make any sense. Um, if you're a business owner out there, I would, especially one that relies on GTS, relies on these relationships, I'd be working my butt off. I'd be working 12, 13, 14 hour a day, weeks uh, until days until we get you know to the end of the year and then reevaluate things if Panini gets sold to Fanatics and, and see the relationships that are starting to brew. Um, and look, if I was an average collector out there, average guy, that didn't have a hobby shop, just wanted to buy a couple of packs, wanted to buy in a couple of breaks. I think it might get better from a distribution standpoint for you, but it's not going to get cheaper. It's probably going to be as expensive or more. You just might be able to get this stuff more reliably, maybe not at David Adams, maybe not at Blowout, but you can buy it on Fanatics. You might be able to buy it on Barnes and Noble. And I tell you what, that might be a good thing because you can go to Rakuten or whatever that site is called. You can get gift cards for like uh -huh. 10 off of Barnes and Noble all day long. Okay, people get those for, Fanatics, for a yeah. gift and then they sell them for 10 off just to get the cash. There's all, you know, you get all these coupon codes for Fanatics. They run Black Friday deals. I mean, David Adams, yeah, they run a sale once a year. Blowout runs a sale once in a while. Okay, but you can constantly get... 10 off, 15 off, 20 off, 30 off of all these other stores. And so I'm actually more excited about that because then it's like, okay, this box that costs a hundred, but I'm able to shave off 30 points because I go buy a gift card for five off. I get a coupon code. I click through Rakuten. And then all of a sudden I'm getting the box for 70. I'd be way more excited about that. Um, whereas in the past, you would have had to pay full price, whatever Dave and Adams wanted to set the market price at. That's what you had to pay. So I think we're moving down the road. I think there'll be more subscription models like the 582 that'll give you more options for pre-sales and maybe more exclusive products as well. So I like the path that we're going down on. Um, but again, I sit here in a position where I did not have any of these relationships. I did not need any of these relationships. We had a wholesale license back 20 years ago when you could call up and get any amount of upper deck, any amount of tops, any amount of press pass, whoever was selling at those times. We could have gotten any amount of this, even as a startup, you know, running out of our mom and dad's basement, essentially. Okay, so we've been down this road before. We know what this is all about. I think finally... We're at that point where you're going to have a real change and uh, the real businesses, the people that are really working hard, people that really want to be in business and have a great relationship with their audience and their customers are definitely going to do well. 
But my guess is, yeah, we're going to have some casualties and we certainly will be here to cover every single one of those, especially the ones that ever looked at us wrong, let alone said anything. And just last thing, Colin, because if you're still watching this video, you're either a true fan or you're a true hater. And I know we got a couple comments in our last video wondering what that blue thing is. I think it might be to fire off some things at the haters. What is that blue oh, right thing? There. The, yeah, what is that blue that thing for? That is, Everybody was asking. Uh, in California, you have to do a background check to buy the little pew pew things that go in your little thing. And so if you shoot competitive, like I do, not, not just as a straight hobby, I'm not trying to become, you know, world champion or anything, but you have to shoot thousands of these little things every year. And I do not necessarily want to go to a store and have the state of California get my address, my name, everything saying I'm buying tens of thousands of these things just so I can go practice. Okay. I'm just trying to become competent. And so you get one of these, you make them yourself, you save a little bit of money, but it, it's really because there's a background check. I don't care about the money. I just don't want uh, the background check constantly every time I go buy a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand of these things, um, because it looks like I'm some kind of maniac, whereas I'm just simply trying to become competent at something that I use or at least have on me every day. It almost looks like something you could slap cards with. So maybe that's what they're thinking. You probably we could. Start. It's very well, well made. SCR grading. SCR grading. Yes, you know, maybe, it's a great company. I think they're based in Arizona. If I have any problems with this, I literally can unscrew it from my bench. Go send it to them. They'll fix it. They'll send it back to me all for, you know, like maybe like a nominal fee, but these are have lifetime warranties. So you buy the good one. I don't know. It was like maybe 800 bucks or something. And, you know, if you shoot a lot, it's more than worth it. More than worth it. Well, I'm going to go start shooting my shots at some ladies over here in uh, California. And uh, I think we covered this pretty well. Hopefully we will be back. If more news breaks, when, not if, when more news breaks, we'll be back. Certainly if Panini gets bought by Fanatics or there's any other distribution changes or any news from Fanatics about how they're actually going to allocate this product any more than just the direct-to-consumer model, we'll certainly be back ready to talk about it. And until next time, see you guys later.